Something has come naturally to SAFM. SAFM. Like being SA's news and information leader. SAFM, 104 to 107. Good welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. The show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni, and our technical producer for today is Garnet Nguniga. Our contact details are 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at SFM Radio or at Shadow Twala. Now today we've invited author and financial journalist Maya Fisher-French to help us plot our financial plan for 2016. And then we celebrate Gladys Mawonega's journey from selling sour milk from her car to seeing her soft drink in stores. And finally, we hear about a multi-country project that celebrates Africa's women leaders on Wikipedia from Isla Haddo Flood of Wiki Africa. But first. Sure, these wise words, the lunch bite on SAFM. Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, says... It's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep, how hard it works for you, and how many generations you keep it for. Mancosa, Africa's leading international business school, accredited, affordable, and accessible management education programs. Mancosa offers postgraduate diplomas in business management and MBA. Register today at our Graduate School of Business. Visit mancosa.co.za or SMS Mancosa and your email address to 34745. Think MBA. Think Global. Think Mancosa. Management Education. Reimagined. It's Monday at 9 and ayeye. Tembi cannot find her husband, Mandla. Mindlos Bafoe is watching Soccer Zone and Mindlos does not want to be disturbed. Soccer Zone! Every result, every goal, every post-match interview, Mandla is due to the couch. Good luck getting your man back, Tembi. For the next hour, he will be watching reviews and features of the past weekend games. For all the on and off the field stories about the game, tune into Soccer Zone every Monday at 9 on SABC1. Brought to you by SABC Sports. For the love of the game. South Africa's news and information leader will keep you on your toes this festive season. What's the festive season without SAFM? Show's so good, we won't blame you if you can't pick a favor. Can't pick a favor. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My guest is Maya Fisher-French, award-winning financial journalist and author of Maya on Money. Maya, welcome. Compliments of the season. Yes, and a happy new year. Happy new year to you too. Um, you're going to help us, hopefully, uh, plan for uh, 2016. And I'm not too sure if the 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 it's conducive at the time to be uh, to, to to be able to save money at all. You know, Shadow. Last year, I remember at the beginning of last year, writing 2015 is going to be a tough year for mm. you know South Africans. And I think, unfortunately, 2016 is going to be even tougher. So you know, I kind of wish I had a lot of positive things to say because I'd really rather be talking about positive stuff Mm -hmm. but I think 2016 is going to really and you know I've been writing for you know at least the last two years saying to people listen you have got to start budgeting you have got to start paying down your debt we cannot continue spending mindlessly um, you know not knowing where the money's going every month 
you know, and if you, unfortunately, if you haven't started to kind of take control of your money, this year is going to be very, very tough. We, we have a tough year ahead. Maybe it is a time to start and taking it seriously, um, whether you have extra money or not, uh, working with what you have. Would you say so? Absolutely, and I think sometimes we all need to hit rock bottom before we yes. <laughs> before we realise we're actually going to have to do something about this. And you know, I mean, I found I must tell you, I went into the grocery shop yesterday, and really, I was looking at every single price. I was calculating in my head. I was working on how many, you know, if I could feed my family of four on this, if I could find something less expensive. So even for me, there's just been this massive heightened awareness mm. of, of of what things are costing and. Um, you know, electricity prices, I was actually looking, you know, I was looking at the, how many units we buy. We're in, in the Western Cape, we have prepaid electricity. Mm-hmm. And that has doubled. My electricity cost, just, you know, per unit, has doubled in five years. So, you know, I'm now running around. My children now know, switch the lights off, you know. Yes, yes. I mean, we're incredibly vigilant on, on our electricity consumption. I think, yes, even in my own behavior, and I'd say I'm a pretty financially savvy person, and I have looked after my money, but I've noticed in myself, a lot more vigilance when it comes to money. So where does one begin? A lot of us say, I don't understand money at all, and maybe it's best for me to get a financial advisor. Does one need a financial advisor? I think what you need to start doing is um, is just trying to get some handle on your money. So I think you know, there's, there's two types of advisors. There's somebody who I would call more of a financial coach, and that is somebody that would, would perhaps help you stick to your, your goals and that sort of thing. And then you've got your sort of traditional financial advisor that assists you in buying products and investments. And that may be, you know, when you're struggling to find money in the first place, you probably need somebody who's really prepared to travel the journey with you for a longer mm. period of time and help you. But it really starts with uh, with writing up a budget. And I must tell you, Shad, I had a wonderful um, feedback from my book the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody was telling me that he's he earns two million a year. So he <laughs> is a very high income earner. I'd love to meet that person, Absolutely. by the way. <laughs> and one would assume that a book on budgeting and how to manage your money would really not be very useful for for him. Mm-hmm. He admitted that he for the fir- end of last year, for the first time in his life, he wrote a budget, and he discovered that he was spending more than fifty thousand rand extra a month in mm-hmm. earnings. So he was in deficit. So, you know, I love that quote that you had a little bit earlier because it is so true. It is not how much you earn. It is how much you spend that will determine your wealth. And how so, much you keep. How much you keep. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all how little you, you spend, I should say. So, you know, I find that, that a lot of people sit there and say, oh, well, you know, I don't have enough money. Or I, but if you consider somebody who you think if I earn more, it will get better, things will get better. It's not about how much you earn. It's about what you're doing with your money currently. Because mm. you could go and win the lotto t- tomorrow. And I can assure you that you should have not been looking after your money now in you know, in a year's time, two years' time, you'll be back at square one. So I think for me, it really is about taking control of your finances and start by writing down where your money goes every month. And when people do and they relate back to me where that money's going, they are shocked. Um, one chap we're doing with City Press, we're doing this money makeover where we're taking people through a year of, of you know, financial, sort of financial uh, overhaul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one chap emailed me and he said, I can't believe how much money I'm spending on takeaways. Yeah. You know, I go to the shopping mall and I, you know, go to buy a few things or my lunch break or, and I suddenly realize I'm spending 700 rand a month on takeaway. Sure. And that awareness, it's suddenly 700 rand that's available to him um, for spending if he packs his own lunch, for example, or he just thinks twice um, about just buying a few things here and there. So I think to me, it's, it's about this 2016. 
I was going to set a goal for the nation. <laughs> it would be about <laughs> taking control, taking ownership, not just throwing up your hands and saying, I can't do this, it's overwhelming. Start by writing absolutely everything down. Everything that you spend your money on. Absolutely. So somebody's, you know, I, I read, in a, 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 I think it was on social media, where this girl gave herself, uh, she banned shopping altogether for a year. And and that's that's shopping for dresses and you know those kinds of things. She kept it to toiletries and and you know essentials. Is that something you would recommend? I think so, and I think it's quite an easy one if you set yourself quite a disciplined goal. Sometimes it's you know it's, we, we sometimes better when we say all or nothing. Mm. You know, it's easier to say okay, I'm not going to have wine for January, then I'll have one glass a week because somehow that becomes two glasses and three glasses. So, <laughs> um, what I actually found as well when I did my budget, and I did actually an article on this, so I went and did our household budget again. I, you know, we sort of revise our, our household budget every three months or so. And I could see how costs are going up, and it really made me aware. And I must tell you, I am now walking past those impulse buys that I was sort of doing. That, mm. that buy the dress. Oh, that looks nice. Oh, that scarf's lovely. Oh, you know what? That little pot plant would look nice on my shelf in my on my guest toilet. Those things. So if you actually say, I will buy nothing that is not a necessity this year, that is my financial goal. Mm. I think you will. That is to be an incredibly powerful um, goal for, for 2016. The key then, though, is of course you're putting that money aside yes. as well and making it start to work for you. Do you know that those four-letter words, sale, are the, are the biggest challenge <laughs> one has to deal with at this time of the year? Because you think, oh, you know, it's on sale, so I can buy it. You know, I'm not spending as much as it costs. Well, you know what people always say, they say, I've saved money. No, saving money is putting money away. It is not spending money. The <laughs> thing is saving money when you actually are spending your money, but it's not saving it. No, absolutely. Those, those sale ones are, are really um, very, very tempting and, uh, and yeah, definitely want to stay away from completely. And the other one, the other goal that you can really make, and it's, it's quite a big one, um, but I would suggest going through your, your purse or your wallet and cutting up all your store cards, your Fashinis, your Edgars, your yeah. Stewart's, all those yeah. cards. Because I find, for me, that can also be a huge temptation. Oh, I'll just put it on the card. I'll pay it off over the next six months, mm-hmm. 12 months. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to come out my credit card now or my pay now. And those are very, very tempting. Uh, you know, and so it's part of it. If you're going to do that kind of diet, the, the spending diet, then I would say that, you you know, like you would clear your cupboards of chocolates and sweets, <laughs> you need to, to, to clear your purse of. Uh, of those things, and also don't go to the shop with your credit card. Keep your credit card at home in a safe, and only use it, you know, for items and things that you, you, you're planning on using. Does it help to use cash only? Because with cash, you you almost feel how much money you're spending as opposed to the card. I, you know, cash has a. I have. I actually used cash once to, and I think in my book I, I wrote about it in my intro, um, to actually get out of debt, where I moved completely away from spending on cards and only using cash. But when I did that, I need to explain how I did that because what I do find now is that if I have a lot of cash in my purse, I often don't know where I've spent it. It's mm. sort of gone and I have no idea where it went. So what I did, um, this was about 11 years ago, and we had a bit of a financial crisis and I had to really, you know, cut back tremendously. And we took envelopes and I put cash in each envelope. So I had a cash for groceries, a cash for petrol, a cash for, um, you know, all the other day-to-day expenses, clothing. And... 
I would only take cash from that envelope as I needed it. And that really gave me a good sense of, of where money was going and how much I was spending because I would know, so I would draw at the beginning of the week mm-hmm. and I would know that for that week I only have X amount for groceries and I would be really, really um, careful about spending that. Mm-hmm. And that also, you know, for, so for example, for petrol, I would say right for my monthly petrol, I know I'll probably fill up twice, I'll put that money away. So I think if you're aware and you're using the envelope system, which I, I described in my book, then cash can really work for you. I think mm. if you're just drawing a thousand rand here and there, I think you find that you're spending it and not actually knowing where, where it's gone. Okay. So I've written down where my money goes. What's my next step? So once you know where your money's gone, first of all, you, will, you should be able to find areas that you can cut back on. Mm-hmm. So immediately identify those areas. Um, try and find that little bit of extra cash you know, in, your, in your budget. There are other ways of doing it as well. Check your bank fees, for example. I'm still amazed how many people are, are spending you know, a fortune on bank transactions. Mm. Um, and when they analyze them, A, they're either on the wrong banking um, profile for them or they're drawing cash too, too, too frequently. Cash withdrawals are really, really hurt you in terms of bank fees. Mm. There are ways of reducing your bank fees. Your car and household insurance, um, it's become extremely competitive. If you haven't got a quote in the last three or four years, definitely make a couple of calls mm-hmm. and see if you can, you can reduce those. So just find ways of, you know, of looking where you can, where you can start really, um, creating just a little bit of extra cash at the end of the month or actually the beginning of the month. You never save at the end of the month, you save first. <laughs> but then look at what your needs are. So if you're somebody who, you know, you're, you don't have debt and you, you're managing your finances, that's you're fine. You're just looking for extra cash to save, then obviously you want to start along a savings line. But what I find most people are sitting in credit card debt, store card debt, um, and they, they want to pay that off first. So then you would say, right, I'm, I'm going to do my budget. I'm going to start writing down, actually, and even just continue for this year to write down everything that you're spending and be aware of that money. And then those savings that you're making, target something. Whether In fact, start with your smallest goal, even if it's a store card, and say, maybe you've got a 3,000 rand clothing account. By the end of 2016, I will close this account. Um, you start off by making sure you never use the card. You mm-hmm. can't spend it. But then you say, right, all my money is going to go into just closing that card. So find little wins because I, I think people become so overwhelmed yes. by these huge debts. So just find that because also in my book I show how 500 rand you can actually use to pay off, I think it was 30,000 rand in about 18 months because it rolls. So in other words, you know, say I put an extra 500 rand into that clothing account. That clothing account's now closed. Now I've got an extra, so that. The clothing account was 500. I put an extra 500. I was putting a thousand in. Mm-hmm. Now I suddenly have an additional thousand to hit the next debt, and the next debt maybe was another 500. So now I've got 1500, and then I've got, and suddenly you you've got 2,000 rand every month to pay off debt, and this is a snowball effect of of paying off your debt. So that's what I would do if you if you're targeting debt for 2016. If so Maya, paying, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say if you're looking at savings then that would be a different strategy. That would be starting to open debit order or something just to start building up your, your savings. Well, I was going to ask the, the difference between savings and growing your money. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I use it, and in fact, in my book I say, you know, I use it interchangeably because people use it interchangeably. So on a really technical level, savings is short-term. So savings is your emergency savings, which is the very first savings you should have. You mm-hmm. should have money put aside for emergencies. It's the first thing that will put you back into debt. Um, and short savings would also be perhaps, you know, saving for next year's school fees, and they tend to be shorter term. We generally refer to savings for, a, for anything over the next year or two. Mm-hmm. 
investing is when we're talking about long term. Investing is for the bigger things that you're, you know, you're wanting to to invest money so that you have to able to educate your child when it goes to university. Mm. You're wanting to invest for your retirement. You're wanting to invest to build wealth. So that's when we would use investing, and those are two very different strategies. You would be putting your saving, your emergency savings, perhaps for next year's school fees. You'd be putting in, in money market accounts or something that's you know cash like. Whereas um, your investment, you need to start looking at taking investments in the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, investing mm. in equities, because it's really the only place to grow your money ahead of these massive rising costs. So what do I need? What tools do I need for my financial planning? For your financial, what tools do you need for your financial plan? Mm. Well, I think you need, um, if you're now starting to, I would certainly have uh, start writing things down, but also your goals. Um, where you want to be in 2017 mm-hmm. um, and, and start just sort of planning it. Then if you're looking to to start saving every single month, it's very, very easy. I would start with simply a tax-free savings account, something like that. Mm-hmm. It would be a really good starting point to start putting money away. It's, it's very difficult because there's so many products in the market and people always say, what should I be saving in? But just you know, choosing a tax-free savings account that has some exposure to, to the market, that would be a really good idea. Um, and so those are, I mean, I'm giving those as tools because, you know, those are things that we, one would be wanting to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also very good online um, budget capturing tools, for example, um, that you could use things like, um, I use something called Money M8, which is M and the numeral 8, which you can actually capture your as you're spending on your, uh, on your smartphone. Otherwise, there's things like 227.com, which a lot of people have used successfully to do budgeting and saving. There's a lot of those sort of financial tools out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it really is about having a plan. That's what it is. It's this month I'm going to do that, next month I'm going to do that, and my plan is to pay off debt by here, it is to start a savings account there, to start an investment account, um, and really to, to educate yourself as well around those different products. Now, if you've invested money and the, our economy does what it's doing right now, is it, is it advisable to revisit your investment and, and possibly look for other platforms? Not, you know, this is one of the key things is that generally speaking what happens when we, and we really have had a dreadful start of the year, um, is that people get scared and they mm. forget that investing is long term. So when, you know, when you say, for example, that the, the, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange has on average returned about 12% per annum over the last 50 years, it's not 12% every single year. One year it's 30%, one year it's 5%, the next year it may be, you know, 18%, and the following year it could be minus 10%. So it moves up and down, and if people start panicking, and they start trying to be clever, and they're trying to pull the money out the market and in the market and change their investments, mm. then they tend to lose money mm-hmm. um, because they're doing it all at the wrong time. And the money's already lost when they're pulling it out or when they go into the market, eventually it's, it's so high and it's so expensive they've lost out on the growth. So I would say that you really want to focus on what is your time frame. So if you, you're looking at you know, putting away money for the next 10 years and you're putting it away every single month with a debit order, you know, you just you don't really need to be worrying too much. As long as the you know it's invested in a good fund, if you invested in an actively managed fund it's with a fund manager, just maybe revise and make sure that that fund manager hasn't sort of completely nutty bombed out. But otherwise, you know, as long as it's within range, um, there really isn't a need to, to panic. Um, if, however, you know you need the money next year, then you may need to look at some strategies about whether or not you need to be taking some money out now or not. So it's really about your time frame, but. For me, I always say the power of the debit order is 
for me to fit my, you know, it takes away all the investment risk because when you buy with a debit order, you're buying into, say, say for example, you're buying into unit trust. You're buying units um, every single month. And if the market goes down by 10%, it means those units are 10% cheaper. Mm-hmm. Your same 500 rand is buying 10% more than it did last month. So, in fact, a falling market is incredibly positive for a monthly debit order. Um, and so, for me, the risk is, is, is substantially lower. If you're just investing every month, market falls, you think, fantastic, my next debit order is going to buy me even more units than it did last month. And over time, the markets do, do perform better than inflation. Let's talk about banks and choosing a bank. Um, what should one consider? I think if you are already a, with a bank, um, I, and I must say that moving banks is not the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think if you start off with whichever bank you're with, find out if you're on the most cost-effective um, package for your needs. And the banks are pretty good at doing that. You can, you can um, even online, they'll, they'll assess it, or you can, you can contact the, um, somebody at the bank and say, listen, based on my profile, what is my, you know, am I, am I using my product quite cost-effectively? So my, the first thing would be to make sure that you're absolutely maximizing or cost-cutting, you know, with the bank that you are. Because most of the banks are fairly close. The competition, thanks to Capitec, has been really fierce, um, and the banks have been working quite hard on, on bringing down their costs. So, by and large, most of the banks are within range. It's, to me, where I find that people have a problem is when they're in the wrong product um, or they're not using the bank account correctly. Um, so, you know, I think from that point of view. And the other one is look at what you actually need in your account. Um, now, I'll take, for example, you know, F&B has accounts like the Smart Account that doesn't offer you a check, uh, checking account and it doesn't offer you an overdraft facility. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't need either of those, why are you spending, you know, large amounts of money every month for, for, for more than that. In fact, mm-hmm. I would advise you to never have an overdraft facility. I think it's the absolute worst credit facility possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think look at what you need. Um, if your bank does have a rewards program, um, they can be very, very powerful in terms of creating savings for you. But see if you're paying for that and how much you're paying for it and if it's actually worth it. So I think for me, you know, around banking, it's so much which bank. It, it, are you optimizing you know, the bank that you're with. So lastly, Maya, should I get a financial advisor or buy my own money? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have a financial advisor, and I know a huge amount about, in fact, I'm an ex-stockbroker, so I know a lot, and I still have a financial advisor. The reason for that is, for me, he's a sounding board. So I say to him, this is what I want to do, what do you think, and it's just somebody to talk through my strategies, keep me on course, to make sure that I'm sticking to my goals. So for me, a good financial advisor, and I do use the word good financial mm-hmm. advisor, but unfortunately not all financial advisors are good, and that's the reality. Uh, but a good financial advisor is really prepared to walk, the, do the, go through the process with you, who helps you, who gives you good quality information, who can you know, perhaps point out some of the things that you could be doing to maximize your savings. That, that person can be extremely useful. Um, they can also be the person who to stop you panicking if markets are, are going down. So to me, um, and another role that a financial advisor plays, and it's a very important one, Shadow, is the admin. Oh, <gasps> I yes. You, I remember when I opened up the tax-free savings accounts for myself and my children. I think it took me three weeks because of the paperwork, and then I forgot, and then I had to go and get proof of residence, and, I mm. did, and it just was such a mission. 
um, that it's also great just to have somebody who can say, right, you know, collate all the information, make sure you've got the documents, and actually pushes you to get it done. Otherwise, it sits there on the top drawer and never gets done. Um, in fact, well, when I said three, I actually mean three months, not three weeks, it's three months from the time I meant to do it to the time I actually got around to doing it. So, you know, to me, getting somebody who actually gets you to take action is, is very powerful, but you also need to understand how much that person is costing. So well, I was going to say that as, if you want to familiarize yourself and be able to choose the right financial advisor, maybe one does get Maya on money to understand issues first and yes, know, and not, know what to discuss with to, your financial to, to, advisor. To, to plug my book, but that would be a really, really good start. It gives you the information to empower you for those conversations. Well, Maya... Um, I thank you so much for joining us, and we'll we'll look out for your articles in the paper, and and thanks for your time. Thank you. You take care. And uh, Maya on Money is available uh, at all good bookstores, and I I really do suggest you get it if you if if you need to understand what you need to do and and what tools you require to to save some money. And I wish you the best in preparing your financial. financial path for 2016. It is now time for SAFM News Headlines with Se Utlile Sako. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. Now, we celebrate Gladys Mawaneke's journey from selling sour milk from her car to seeing her soft drink in stores. I found her story in the latest True Love magazine, and I thought we need to congratulate and celebrate her. Hello, Gladys. Hello, hello, hello um, um, uh, Shadow, how are you? Compliments of the season. Thank you, same to you, and thank you for having me on your show. Now, it's thanks to True Love magazine, because I wouldn't have known about you. Um, and I, I, I really was thinking maybe it's good to say that you're not encouraging people not to go to school, because <laughs> you, you studied so hard um, as, a, as a journalist and admitted attorney, and you have a master's in business leadership, which I suppose is what helped you start the business. But um, you make it sound so easy, like selling sour milk, and then now you've got a, a soft drink. It wasn't that easy, was it? No, it wasn't, and 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 it's still not easy. Um, it's a it's, it's it's a hard road, but it's all fun and games. Um, that's what makes it uh, easier. That if you're doing what you love and what you've always wanted to do, it makes it so much uh, so much easier, and you can cope because you know what it is that you want to achieve. Well, I'm glad you've given people reason not to drink. They don't have to drink uh, because your 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 drink is is braver. Tell us about your drink, in fact, and how it came about. Well, um, Brevo was launched into market in 2014, uh, following three years of research and development. But really, it came about because I don't drink alcohol. Okay. And I grew up in a family that doesn't drink alcohol for, for religious reasons. Mm-hmm. But obviously, as I grew older, I made a decision not to drink alcohol. But as I was growing up, I, I, I could count the number of family members that I knew who drank alcohol. Mm-hmm. I suppose that influenced me as I grew older as well. So I, I realized that there was very little for me to choose from, you know, as an adult, mm-hmm. when I was out and about, or even when I was home. Uh, and, and 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 in particular, when I was out and about, I realized if whenever I wanted to drink, there were there were really there was very little to choose from. Um, I used to drink enormous amounts of passion fruit and lemonade, mm-hmm. but there's no positioning to that. You know, I I also want to feel like an adult. I also want something that becomes an extension of my brand. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and that's easy for people who don't drink because alcohol companies are very deliberate in the way they, they build their brand. A brand becomes an extension of who you are. If someone were to put an alcohol beverage in front of them, we automatically know what kind of person they are, what they drive, you know, things mm. like that. Mm. For people who don't drink, we are put into the same category as children. Uh, in fact, when you order your drink, they automatically put a straw in your drink. <laughs> And that's and and uh, th- th- that for me was just was just not on and, and and so I thought to myself, well, there must be other people like me who also want to feel like adults, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I developed uh, the concept uh, of 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 an adult soft beverage, um, and and I took it uh, to IDC who funded the research of the product, mm-hmm. and 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 from there the the retailers then took it up. And now we're in retail. So before that, though, what was it with sour milk, selling sour milk from your car? I mean, as you were working. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I absolutely love working with milk. But what happened was that I always knew I wanted to get into business. Okay. Um, but, um, uh, you know, coming from a black family, you know how it is. You have to have an education. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. business is something else. So I, I, uh, I, I, while I was studying, while I was doing my, my, my master's, because I, I, I realized I needed to prepare myself uh, for business, I, I didn't think I was confident enough to just get into business because I, I, I come from an arts background and not from a, a commercial background. Mm-hmm. So I needed a commercial degree. That's why I did my master's in, in business leadership. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing that, I realized I needed to, uh, to prepare myself and understand the business landscape and to get experience and to build history. So I um, I realized I love milk, uh, although I'm lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. I love milk. So I, I realized that there was a gap in the market for um, unpasteurized un- un- fermented milk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, has a, it has a particular and peculiar taste. Yes, it does. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. And... So I looked for a farmer in, in Wellington, in Powell actually, Powell, who, who's got uh, milk, and he agreed to sell to me and, and, and pasteurized milk. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is in the morning, I, I used to work in Stellenbosch. I would drive to Powell first, wow. uh, load up about after six, after six, uh, seven o'clock, mm-hmm. load up milk, fresh milk in the, in, in my car, drive to work and leave it in the, in the car because because it ferments naturally. Yes, so I, was yes. use, I was making use of, of natural energy. So during the course of the day while I was working, the milk was getting processed in the car. And then in the evening, I'd come home, I would look for people to offload into my house. And during the week, I would process the milk. And then on Sundays, I would go and sell the milk. Sometimes I'd go into the township, park my car, and sell from there. But then I then uh, a few people got to know about it, so I would then deliver to their homes on Sundays. Now I was asking. I mean, has that business shut down completely? Because I want some some unpasteurized milk right now. You know what happened? So so the farmer said to me, "I really like the way you work. Mm. Um, uh, why don't Why don't we get into a, a proper? Why don't you make this a proper business?" Yes. Um, you have half of my head of cattle, and I'll have half of my mar- half of your market. Because for him, milk was just a pastime; it wasn't his core business. So I was very excited. I thought, "Oh no, let's do this." 
And then I phoned the municipality of Cape Town and they said we're not allowed to sell unpasteurized un- 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 milk in the no. jurisdiction of Cape Town. No. Yes. No, we can't, we can't let that go. So, um, unfortunately, but if it was to be done in, 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 in Wellington and Powell, I think you still can do that. But in the jurisdiction of Cape Town, no, milk has to be pasteurized. Okay, maybe we should revisit that another time <laughs> because I think it's an amazing, amazing idea. If and I do I, make, I will bring you some. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's uh, lovely. It's, I haven't had it for years, and that would be the best thing, healthy even, you know. Very healthy, yes. Oh no, no, no. We we must we must visit that, Gladys. <laughs> now, now, where do we find you? How did you come up with the name of your drink? So, so what happened is. Um, uh, after I came up with the concept, I, 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 I took it to IDC, and IDC said it's a lovely concept, but let's do a feasibility study to actually establish if there is a market for for this product. And so um, I received a grant from the IDC, and we did research. We we got on board the, some of the best advertising agencies, research houses. So in order for, for, for me to have an effective research, we then generated names. We generated the, you know, you know, the the bottle. We, or everything about the bottle was researched, and the name Breva is from the word brave. Ah. If if you swap the e and the a, mm-hmm. and and people loved the word brave, that word Breva, although people didn't know what it meant. But we developed then this story because we knew what it meant, mm. and, and 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 brave because we are celebrating. People who, may, who, who are brave enough to make decisions in their life, whatever it is, who are brave enough to go out of their comfort zones and do what it is that they want to do. But and, also, and people who are brave enough not to be influenced to drink alcohol. Yes, yes. In, in a world that so celebrates um, drinking of alcohol and where being sober is almost abnormal, and we think it's okay. You can actually have fun um, and you can be. You can be trendy, you know, without having to drink alcohol. So where so, do we find Breva? So Breva is in Pick and Pay. We listed with Pick and Pay nationally. And we are in uh, uh, ShopRite, uh, Checkers Western Cape, uh, Spa Eastern Cape and, and Western Cape. And um, we also bottle the Woolworths non-alcoholic malt drink. Wow, wow. Listen, uh, I'm going to ask for your website, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to have a, a further conversation with you and, and find out more. Maybe you can assist them in their own startups. So um, please give us, is there a website or is there an, an email address where people can find you? Yes. Our, uh, the Breva website is www.breva, that's B-R-E-V-A, mm-hmm. dot C-O mm-hmm. And then uh, our email address is info, I-N-F-O, mm-hmm. at bumigroup.com, that's B-U-M-I group, mm-hmm. one word, dot com. Bumigroup.com. Congratulations. I love your story, and I think we're going to hear lots from you in the future. But give us a masiaka as a brief. I will. When I put it in that language, you know I mean business. Let us thank you. Thank you. You've made us proud. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Lovely. So www.breva.co.za. Go and find the latest uh, copy of True Love magazine and you read more about her.
absolutely someone to celebrate. When we come back, Isla had a flood uh, of Wiki, Wiki Africa. My name is Nomvula Mukonyani, Minister for Water and Sanitation in South Africa. Realities of climate change are upon us, over and above us being a water-scarce country. Parts of South Africa are affected by drought, while some pockets are facing water scarcity due to the heat wave. I urge you in government, in the business sector, in the irrigation sector, in industry, as communities, and you as an individual, to adapt and use water wisely. Let us join hands to save water. Together, we move South Africa forward. It's for the number one fan of the Proteas. It's day one. The Proteas take on England in the fourth test on Friday, 22nd January at 10 a.m. Find it live on SABC3 and listen live on Radio 2000. Brought to you by SABC Sport. I'm the ticket. Addicted to cricket. Zem Brenda Begot Kombozo. Is a producer of the camera. Netflix and TV. As the book that I came to watch Kombozo. As Kombozo book that Chabuli and Django Bezo Shaira Ibrahe. Mabe Boga E-Game. Nemo Angela Nube. Tolly Zondo. Papete Ibrahe Stand. Basuna Kumpo. With the Sowetsu Derby hitting up, the tension is rising. Who will walk away the victor? Watch the big game everybody is waiting for on the 30th of January on SABC1 at half past three. Brought to you by SABC Sport in partnership with the TV licenses. SABC Sport for the love of the game. Join us this Thursday on Top Billing as we return to the homes you never wanted to leave. From the most eco-inspiring garden of a house to a golden tribute to the best of the good life. Two American entrepreneurs could settle anywhere but only have eyes for how they. And if you need a designer, your pharmacist might be the answer. Catch Top Billing this Thursday night at 7.30. Repeat Sunday at 12.30. Find it on 3. Something has come naturally to SAFM. SAFM. Like being SA's news and information leader. SAFM, 104 to 107. Well, Friday saw 15 years of Wikipedia being celebrated by launching Wiki Loves Women. And Isla Haddo Flood is on the line to talk to us about... uh, about Wiki Loves Women, and she's from Wiki Africa. Hello, Isla. Hi. Hi, Shadow. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Congratulations. Wiki Loves Women. I love it already because it loves us. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> so tell us about the project. Uh, what is it, and, and um, how does it, what is it encouraging us to do? Okay, so Wiki Africa is a project that um, encourages content uh, to be for for people and in, for individuals and organizations to contribute content about Africa onto Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we realized that within there are, there are two um, major gaps on Wikipedia itself. So one is that content from Africa, there's very little content being written from, about Africa from Africa. So mm-hmm. about 16% of all content on, about sub-Saharan Africa on Wikipedia is written by uh, people from, from sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then there's a gender issue as well. There's a gender gap in that 13, less than 13% of all editors or people who write on Wikipedia are, um, are, um, are women. Mm-hmm. And so it made sense for us to actually, you know, these are far too, um, areas that definitely need work um, on Wikipedia, and they're areas that are of importance to, to people in Africa. So um, it's, 
helps to change how people think and feel about themselves as Africans or as South Africans or as uh, Rwandans if you see your, the full story being being reflected. And so that, that's what we do. So Wiki Loves Women was a natural progression um, to celebrate um, Wikipedia, but also to drive to make sure that the agenda is clear and to encourage, you know, to celebrate women in Africa by encouraging us uh, writing about them. How rife is gender inequality in, in Africa? How? Sorry? Rife. How? Rife. rife. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty, it's, 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 obviously Africa is not a country, so, um, yeah. there, you know, there are 50, between 52 and 56 different um, legal um, groups um, from nations to, to authorized territories, and there's a, you know, so it changes according to each country. So um, in South Africa, we know that um, the Constitution gives us a lot of equality. However, practical day-to-day, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of patriarchal um, things that happen that, that make women not reflected, truly reflected online. Um, and so that it's just, it's, it's about combating those kind of, those traditional kind of um, perceptions and, and, um, and making sure that the, the, the full equality of knowledge is there. So how do we participate in, 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 in making sure that the information that goes in, and I suppose you're wanting information from across the board, from civil society uh, and other groups uh, of women across the continent, how do we make sure to, uh, that our contribution is, is recorded? Well, I think so. So one thing is when, when you read Wikipedia, is to, if you know that some that um, a woman was involved in a in an action that um, you're reading about. So it could be something from the struggle in South Africa, or it could be some another um, an article about um, a corporate, or an article about the economy. And if you know that there's somebody who who is important in that area, then you should you should either um, if you're not a Wikipedian, it's very easy to become a Wikipedian. You can register on Wikipedia mm-hmm. and um, become a writer. Um, and But if, if you don't want to, you can actually suggest you can go each page on Wikipedia has a talk page. Mm-hmm. And you can just put up the suggestion saying, did you know that this person was involved? Um, and there are groups on Wikipedia. I mean, you can also tell us about it, um, the Wiki Loves Women Project. Um but there are other groups on Wikipedia who deal with gender gaps um, and, and will help to write the article and make sure that they're included in, in the article in their right, rightful spot. Is this a permanent site or is it, is it for a particular period of time for, for, to collect all this data? So with Wiki Loves Women, it's actually a project that we're running um, in, at currently in four different countries across Africa. It's in collaboration with the Goethe Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we train a Wikipedian in residence to work with, um, to work with institutions that already institutions, public institutions as well as civil society and women, women's groups to also work with, to work with the information that they already have. So it's about, if it was say the Red Cross, it would be about working with them to get their information about Women's um, about the um, the issues that women face on a day-to-day basis that mm-hmm. they've already researched mm-hmm. and have that released under the right license, so it can be 
be incorporated into articles about women in specific countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's about, if we're, say, working with a women's writing group in, in Uganda, then it would be about, you know, making sure that the authors, the top authors, are recognized and online mm-hmm. and put onto Wikipedia. So it changes according to the dynamics of the different countries mm-hmm. that we're going to be working in. And at the moment, we're still... Um, we're going to put a call out at the end of the, mu- of the month for people within those countries to be included, um, to, to apply. Um, and they all work with volunteers, Wikipedia volunteers in the area so that, um, so that everyone yeah, so it's, it's quite a complicated process. I know, I know. But, you know, um, we've run out of time, sadly. Yes, I'm going uh, to have another conversation with you at another time. But give us leads. Where do we go? Uh, is, there, is there a link that we can visit so people can independently just go and take time and, and read through sure. it? So essentially at the moment there's a, a challenge for the next 15 days to write articles about women who, who are not presently on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And if you go to wikilovewomen.org, you will find all the information that's, that's there about the project and with the links to Wikipedia and how to get involved and how, and how to do stuff. Isla, thank you so much for your time. We'll, we'll be talking you. again. You take care now. I hope so. Thank all right. you. Okay, take bye. care. Bye-bye. Wiki Loves Women is what you must uh, go. That's where you must go, wikilovewomen.org, and you should find other useful links and, and get yourself familiar with uh, the project of Wiki Loves Women. It's time for our children's story.